Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Thank you, church, and uh, in the building and online. It's going to be a great day. Everyone say, it's going to be a great day. It already is. I feel very mellow. I feel like sort of very relaxed. Probably this time of the year, it could just be tiredness. It could be the presence of God. But you know what? We are going to go with the flow. I've got a message for you this morning that I believe uh, for particularly people online as well, maybe you couldn't get to church for a number of reasons. Maybe things are really tough for you at the moment, uh, physically, transport, whatever. But you know what? God has got a word for you today. And in the building, of course, we're going to have some fun. And I'd like to hear you guys sing. So why don't I go to the piano straight away? Nothing like starting a message with a, a good sing-along, all right? So uh, let's, uh, let's stand up. We're going to sing the song, We See a Victory. I see a victory. Because I really felt like God's saying that what the enemy meant for bad, what he meant for evil, God just doesn't waste anything. He just loves to take things and turn them around for his glory and for our good. And so we're going to sing the song together. No weapon formed against us. Don't put your hand up, but if you maybe feel like there's specific, specific, specific <laughs> weapons that have been formed against you. And the Bible says that there will be weapons formed, but they will not prosper. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, so the enemy does come in, tries to push things against your life to make you feel like you're going to crumble and not make it. But the Lord says he's raised up a standard. He causes there to be triumph if we look to him. So let's look to him right now as we prepare ourselves for the word. The weapon formed against me, it won't prosper. And when the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph. Cause my God will never fail. My God. My God will never fail. Come, come, let's declare it. Sing, I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. And there's power. There's power in the mighty name of Jesus. Every war he wages, he will win. I'm not backing down from any giant, no. Cause I know how this story ends. Yes, I know. Yes, I know how this story ends. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. And you take it, God. You take what the enemy meant for evil. And you turn it for good. Yes, you turn it for good. 
you take by the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good yeah yes you turn it for my good you take it all today yeah you take by the enemy meant for me and you turn it for good yes you turn it for good one more time Yes, you take what the enemy meant for evil And you turn it for good And you turn it for good Lord, we thank you that in your presence today there is not just fullness of joy, but Lord, there is a new hope for our future. Lord, as we come into the end of 2021, while the world is full of despair and confusion and uncertainty, Father, we thank that we have a hope the hope of Christ in us, the hope of glory, the hope of a, a great future, a bright future, one where the war has already been won, Father. You've already given us victory. So, Father, we stand in that today. We stand with one another. We thank you, Lord, that we are on this triumphant journey with you and for your glory, Lord. Let's give God praise this morning. You may be seated. Yes, fantastic. If you're at home and um, you're singing along with that, I just know that God is with you. He's going to give you a victory. And we're going to share some keys about how to bridge the gap between our reality right now, which may not look like victory at all, and the victory that God promises us. The triumph, he says, be, be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. And this is the victory you have, even your faith. So today we're going to learn how to bridge that gap where we're here feel like we're here and there's things that are not right, but we know that there's a faith journey where we'll get the things that God's promised us. So this morning's message is entitled, While You Were Waiting. It's that wait, it's how we wait that makes a difference between seeing the victory and, and keeping pushing it beyond our presence. So let's look at, take a look at a, a video which re recalls this very powerful principle from the movie, while you were sleeping. See? Ask your question. Get down on your knee. It's more romantic. Proposing, let him do it. I am letting him do it. Can I come in there, please? I can't. Not without a token.
I had planned to marry Peter, but I married Jack instead. Thank goodness my father was right. Life doesn't always turn out the way you plan. But Jack, Jack gave me the perfect gift, a stamp in my passport. He took me to Florence for our honeymoon. I guess you might say he gave me the world. Peter once asked me when it was that I fell in love with Jack, and I told him it was while you were sleeping. Yeah, if it wasn't mellow before, it's mellow now, right? That's all right. You know what, we think we've got to charge everyone up. You know what, sometimes the spirit, more spiritual things are to actually wait and rest and hear that still small voice of God that says, this is the way, walk ye in it, be led by the Spirit. So I played that because it was a powerful phrase, that last phrase, if you didn't catch it, if you're not a rom-com fan, if you're at home and you're under the age of 40 and you go, what was that old you know, fuzzy movie? Basically, she fell in love with this other person while the brother was sleeping. So basically this amazing thing happened while he was sleeping. So I want to say to you today that the amazing things that God wants to do in your life, the most amazing thing, it could very well be while you are waiting. It's the waiting is the hard part. But I really believe by the end of the day, when I finish this short message, if people ask you, when did God do the most special, significant things in your life, you'll be able to answer, it was actually while I was waiting. Not when everything was just going right and wonderful, but while I was waiting. But we hate waiting, don't we? Hands up if you hate waiting for anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's some very sort of uh, A-type personalities in the front row. are like, get out of my way. We hate waiting. And the 70s and 80s and 90s propagated a whole slew of devices and mechanisms to ease the malaise of anxiety and impatience, we had all the instant, instant things. What are some of the instant? Give me, yell out some of the instant things we got to enjoy. Microwave, noodles, instant coffee, instant what? No, you can't shake your head after you've said it. You're out now. Like instant camera, I mean, you, don't, you don't have to wait a week to get your photos back and work out, no, that didn't work, that didn't work, it's instant, instant, instant photos. Instant Google search to find out, don't have to go to the library, just Google the word, find out what's going, instant temperature, everything was instant, instant painkillers, like, you know, rapid pain relief. Oh, that's always good. Can, why would you buy the one that says slow pain relief when there's the rapid pain relief next to it, right? We want things now, but I'm not very good at it. The only ones who are, are figure, they figure waiting is a virtuous, wonderful thing and we're going to charge you a lot of money for it is doctors because they actually have a room saying, yes, you are going to wait. We will make you wait. Don't think you're going to, going to do anything else but wait. We've got a waiting room. God bless the doctors. Put our hands together for all the doctors and medical staff. We love you. <laughs> but I figure anything under 10 minutes is a, it's a, it's a good wait. That's cool. So let me ask you, how good, how, how good is God? This is a question for each of us, two questions. One first question, how good is God at knowing and working out the plan for your life? Do you think he's pretty good at that? Oh, you feel like, oh, I don't know. He doesn't seem to be doing a very good job for me, some of you might be thinking. You know, it's like he's, he's forgotten my, my number. He's lost my address. Well, this is the next question, is how good are you at trusting God's timing? I am not so good. I'm, I'm learning, as I get older... And I've got less, less time to learn. I'm, I think I'm getting better. I'm seeing that, you know what, it's okay. God's going to turn this, like the song said, 
turn it for good, if I do it God's way. But Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. In other words, God says, I know the plans. He knows the plans. It doesn't say in the scripture, and I'm going to tell you. He says, I know the plans I've got for you, says the Lord. Plans to give you a future and a hope. But I'm not going to tell you all the plans. Because you know what we do? We would get a, we'd get a, we'd build a shrine around it and say, thank you very much, Lord. I've got my commandments. I've got my thing. And I'll run off and I might catch you at the end. He wants us to walk daily in his presence, being led by his voice, led by his spirit, trusting him and trusting his timing. So I guess the whole thing about waiting is it implies that something we want to happen hasn't happened yet and needs to happen. Is there something in your life like that right now? You're waiting for something. This needs to happen. This decision needs to be made. This problem needs to be worked out. This situation needs to change. And I don't like waiting. Well, we're going to look at how James 1 verse 4 says that patience has its perfect work. So patience, everyone say patience. Everyone at home say patience. Let it have its perfect work. It's a powerful thing, but we like, no, that's a bad thing. It's one of God's things. He, he, he made a bit of an issue there. Lots of love, hope, joy, yeah, good patience. What are you doing, God? Let it have its perfect work. So we're going to look at some scenarios where we see people and we're going to explore different people's responses and techniques in using that waiting principle, that patience principle. Some, some a lot better than others. In fact, the first five, I'm going to go through very quickly, five wrong ways to wait. And that's where we get led into strife, anxiety, fear, futility, fruitlessness. It's not a good way to wait. It's not the right way. So take a look at those and then we will look at the five right ways to wait, which will be very good news. So number one, and you'll, you'll have to forgive my propensity for acronyms they are all acronyms to help us remember and take the one home or the two or three home that you think that's the one and this will hopefully help you remember it so number one wrong way to wait is one waiting around in tedium waiting around in tedium that's a bad wait this is what proverbs says it says as a door swings back and forth on its hinges so the lazy person turns over in bed. Some translations say the sluggard. I like that. The sluggard. You like that one? Mark's lazy. He's got the old uh, New King James. Lazy people take food in their hand, but they don't even lift it to their mouth. That's how lazy they are. So that's a, that's, that's a very, I guess, the epitome of passivity where you're just, uh, you're just lazy. You know, you're waiting around hoping something will happen. But I believe one of the greatest resources God has given us, apart from this thing called choice, what a gift. God lets us choose him, his ways, how we express our love for him. He gives us his choice. Powerful thing. He gives us words. We get to steward this thing called life and death through our tongue. What a powerful thing that is. And the third resource I think is an incredible resource is our time. You know, he's given us time and, and money and things. So if, we, if we're wasting it, we're wasting one of God's precious gifts. So Never think of anything being dead time. If you're waiting for something, whether you're at the doctor's or in the waiting room, or you're just waiting for something to happen, it's never dead time. It's just it's positive time for you to, to use for something. You Get into the Word. Write down your goals. Write a nice email to someone. Do some exercise. Have a power nap. I believe if I take sleep, I'm going to sleep purposeful, 
purposefully and passionately. And I'm just, you know, it's an awesome sleep, good use of time. And when I say power nap, I mean short, not like, you know, stay in bed all week. But um, it's a powerful thing. So let's use our time, not waiting around in tedium. Number two, wrong attitude in timing. Having a wrong attitude about timing. Not understanding how God needs us to sometimes move at different paces and to wait for him. I won't read the whole story, but basically it's the story of Saul when he's got a lot of trouble from his army. His army's being uh, surrounded by the enemy and he's called for the prophet and the priest. His name's Samuel and he's called for him. In fact, let me, let me read from, the, from verse 8. Can I go to verse 8? Thanks. Brandon, I'll go sort of catch it halfway through. Yeah, well done. He waited. So this is Saul. Saul held his ground and he waited seven days, the time that was set by Samuel, for Saul to wait for the priest to come. Okay, so the priest was going to come and offer the sacrifices so that the victory will be turned and the army will have the support of, of God's hand. And Saul's there waiting for this. So Samuel failed to show up. At Gilgal, and the soldiers were slipping away. So his soldiers were taking off left and right. Saul took charge. Bring me the burnt offering and the peace offerings, which is not the king's job, by the way. It's the priest's job. So he went ahead and sacrificed the burnt offering. And no sooner, this is classic, no sooner had he done it that Samuel showed up, the guy who was supposed to do this ceremony. Saul greeted him. Oh, hi, Samuel. <laughs> Samuel said, what on earth are you doing? And Saul answered, oh, when I, I can imagine Saul having a bit of a bumble here. When I saw I was losing my army from under me and that you, you hadn't come, you, it was your fault, you hadn't come when you said you would and the Philistines were poised at Mishmash that I said the Philistines are about to come down on me at Gilgal and I haven't had them come, I haven't got God to help me. So I took things into my own hands and I sacrificed the burnt offerings. And Samuel said, that was a foolish thing to do. If you had kept the appointment, everyone say appointment. Kept the appointment that God commanded. By now, God would have set a firm and lasting foundation under your kingly rule over Israel. As it is, your kingly rule is already falling to pieces. You can feel like when you've done something and you've done it in your own strength, you can feel like, oh, it's on shaky ground, right? God is out looking for your replacement right now, Samuel said. This time he'll be choosing, and when he finds him, he'll appoint him leader of his people. And all because you, Saul, didn't keep your appointment with God. So don't touch things in the natural, the temptation to, to want to fix things, that impulsivity. Emotions, I've learnt, fear that causes a sense of strife or worry that you're gonna, I've got to do something. It's never a good coach in decision-making process. Never, even though you think, but that's real. I feel righteous indignation. I feel really afraid. I'm, it's like this must mean a sign. I must do something. Sometimes it's a sign that, okay, this means this, the result of this thing is obviously meaning too much for me in my natural self. I need to take a step back and wait for the appointed plan of God. The, the priest, the, the, you know, the prophet in the Old Testament was the person who helped bring that. For us, it's actually waiting on the Holy Spirit. So good tip for everyone. And um, those of you who write those Nasty, can I, put, can I say this? Nasty emails. Don't put your hand up. You know who you are. You think, I'm too upset. I can't, I can't talk. If I, if I'll get on the phone I'll be, or I'll go into their office. I'll be really, I'll, I'll let them have it and I, it won't be good. 
So I write them an email, basically a nasty email, right? And then you write it and you and, – and, the, and the smart – I guess the smart ones of us – you, you type it out and you sort of you make sure you get all out and you realise yeah that's probably not going to get the result I want let's think about this another way the problem is if you put the person's name in the address line right and you accidentally or the cat accidentally jumps on the keyboard and presses send there's no chance for you to you know purge and get it out of your system and then delete because you put the, don't put the person's name in the address line just write, send it to yourself and then delete it and say God help me all right. I just feel like that's a word for someone here. There you go. I just, I just saved you getting sacked or something like that. All right, so that's a good one. Number three, wanting an instant taste. I've got to go a bit faster. I'm having too much fun. Wanting an instant taste. This is very simply the marshmallow test, okay? Delayed gratification. Let me say this. The, the word disciple literally means not, oh, yes, follower of Jesus and it does nice things for Jesus. No, disciple means disciplined one. So if you're a disciple of Jesus, you've got to pull some, get yourself together. Oh, just wait for the Spirit to do that. No, no, you've actually got to, with your own will, we worship the Lord with our heart, mind, soul and strength. We actually have to bring our will to God and say, God, I feel like doing this, but I'm going to lay it down and give it to you and, and deny my flesh. You know, Paul said, I deny daily. You know, the lusts of the flesh, put off the outward man. And so we have to choose our spirit over our flesh and just Google marshmallow test. And if you say, if, that, if I was one of those four-year-olds that took the first marshmallow, when I was offered to wait five minutes, I could have two marshmallows. I'm the sort of person who goes, oh, marshmallow. Mm. <laughs> then <laughs> you need to work on your delayed gratification. Okay. Number three, number four. Oh, by the way, go to, there's a scripture there if you want a scripture for it. It's, not, it's a scripture for the marshmallow test right there. It's Joshua 7, 18, 24, where Achan goes in and takes all the booty. And he, he runs off from Jericho. When they, they storm Jericho, he runs off with the booty and hides it. And yeah, You always hide things when you're guilty, right? You always have to hide it. Number four, worrying about imminent trouble. So your form of waiting is just, you're just a warrior, not a... Warrior, like a W-A-R-R, your warrior, W-O-R-R. So you figure standing around worrying is your way of waiting. Uh, and the psychologist will tell you this, and there's all sorts of different uh, wonderful books and tips about it. Uh, but my simple sort of synthesis of all that is worry is basically my brain going into the future to try and protect me from harm or loss of status, reputation, security, whatever it is. My brain goes there, thinks I'm doing a good job, I'm helping look after you, but it's actually doesn't do anything. It's not fixing anything. It's not strategizing. It's not putting physical hands to something to change it. It's just mental. <laughs> bad, 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 bad. All right? So <laughs> don't, don't do that. So the ultra-fatalistic thing is to actually um, just not make any decision about things, just let things just happen, and then you figure, oh, I guess it must have, been, must have been the Lord's will. It's a bit of a fatalistic just standing around. But I believe there are things we can do. We can be proactive where our action the right action, godly inspired action by going to God in prayer and saying, Lord, what can I do and what can only you do? And often it's God will do the, the fixing. So you actually bless the person who's been causing your, 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 your struggle. You have to let go of some things that have been really, you've been hanging on too hard to. So God will actually give you some amazing keys, but there'll also be things that he will say, start to do this. There are some things you can do. And the great story there is, of, of course, from Second Kings with those four lepers Say, what's the point of us staying here at the city gate, worrying about whether we're going to die? If we go inside, we're going to die. 
in, where the siege was and all the Israel people were surrounded. Or if we go outside to the enemy, we're probably going to die. But at least maybe some, maybe they'll look after us. And, of course, we know the story. They get this victory and they get all the spoils and all the booty. Brilliant. Booty, by the way, uh, for young people watching, it it's means uh, goods and services and, and, and things. All right, number five, wasting... Why are you laughing? <laughs> wasting an important test. This is, the word, this is another bad way of waiting. Wasting an important test. I don't want to fail tests. I don't, I don't like failing things anyway, but I don't want to fail God's tests. One such person, we won't read it, but Peter, uh, of course, failed the test. When he was waiting for the Messiah, his, his Lord, his friend, to be revealed as the king, the mighty one that would be recognised as the saviour, when that didn't happen, when he was being taken across to the cross to be crucified, and he, Peter, he's the, the Jesus' disciple, is in the courtyard. And, of course, the young um, Samaritan girl and the people there say, I, we've seen you with Jesus. You're one of those disciple people. You're one of those disciplined ones. You're one of those people who are with Jesus. And, and, of course, Peter denies it all. And I think at that moment he couldn't wait. He couldn't wait and hang on to Jesus when he said, I will build my church. I will be triumphant. I will come for you. He couldn't wait. So he was just failing that test very badly. And the gap between where you are right now and waiting for that moment where God says, okay, I'm actually working on it, is actually a difficult journey. But I want you to know that God has a plan in that waiting period. For me, uh, I had the opportunity to lose, not lose faith, but get very discouraged and, and I guess in some ways have a level of grief. Nowhere near the grief of, of course, people who lost a loved one or maybe lost a whole arm or leg, but I lost part of my hearing. And for me, my hearing's a, a big deal. So it's an accident. Um, and so for me, it was like, my gosh, it really, this is a really big deal. So while I'm waiting for my miracle, I can either be like, oh my gosh, that shouldn't have happened. And I'm just, you know, I have to adjust what I do. And I'm just really unhappy. And I'm really sad. I can either be a victim of that thing that happened to me. Or I can say, God, this is a chance for me to step up and really believe what I believe about you and what you've put on the inside of me. There's, I am an overcomer and nothing can by any means harm me. Nothing can stop me. Even this apparent you know, loss of sensory capacity, it'll cause me to forge new confidence in other areas. And I can thank God for all the other things I do have working amazingly. And I can empathize with people who've had loss and be able to work with them and stand with them. Man, this is actually going to work out for good. What the enemy meant for evil, God's going to turn it for good. And it's amazing, funny thing, thing is since then, I mean, as I said, I still have this ringing in the ear. And, you know, as you get older, probably you go, oh, I've got that past them. Oh, that's nothing. Tinnitus, I've had that for years. Yeah, but when it's, when it's first there, it's like, what's going on? It's amazing. As, as that, whenever that's happened, it's, it's, it's forged me to go to the piano more. And I'm spending more time on the piano worshipping and singing uh, than I ever have before. It's amazing. It causes you to run to God. And, of course, Peter did that when he finally, Jesus came back to him and said, Peter, I know you betrayed me, you denied me, but I'm going to build my church on, on the revelation I've put in your heart. I want you to feed my sheep. And so Peter turned that, uh, that disaster into a victory. All right. Five ways to wait the right way very quickly. W-A-I-T. These ways will lead to peace, to hope, to confidence, strength and fruitfulness. Number one, have a wise approach in tarrying. Tarrying is another word for, for waiting or I guess being, being ready but not actually doing anything. We're just waiting. And the scripture there from Luke, of course, where Jesus uh, 
where he reappears to his disciples before his ascension, he says to his disciples, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but <laughs> there's a waiting room involved, all right? But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endured, endured with power from on high. So have you, have you ever given up on something just before the victory came around the corner? It's like you, you're just a little bit too hasty to... To, to give up on something? There's something to be said about tarrying, about waiting, about enduring. God has a victory for, around, uh, for you around the corner if you let patience have its perfect work. Number two, willing and intentional trust. That's a very different way of waiting. I am deliberately saying, God, you know what? I'm okay. I'm okay if this doesn't happen today or tomorrow. I am trusting you that's going to work out for good. Great example of that, of course, is... Uh, Abraham, Abraham and Sarah were told they're going to be these amazing leaders to, to bring the people of God and to, to multiply across the earth the purposes of God. And uh, they had to wait 25 years for their promise, Isaac. So if you think about it, the nature of God, when he created us in his image, and when we are born again, when we give our heart to him and he makes us new, behold, all things become new on the inside then I really believe that means he's given us the capacity to never give up. He's given us the capacity to never leave you or forsake you. You know, God says that. He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Well, Dad, if you're my dad and I've got your DNA, that means I can be faithful. I can do this. I can hang in there. I can not give up. I can prevail. I can stand strong. You know, when it says that the scripture that says, those that endure to the end, will inherit a crown. That phrase, endure to the end, literally means hold up courageously under fire. So if you feel like you're under fire, you're in a good position to show your DNA to the world. I'm God's kid. He's not going to leave me or forsake me. I'm not going to leave or forsake him. I'm not going to give up. Abraham and Sarah did not give up. They stayed faithful and it's counted to him, as you know, as righteousness. Willing and intentional trust. As the, I think a new saying we should say is not good things come to those that wait, but God things come to those who wait. All right. Someone, if there's a marketing guy down there, it's like, okay. All the, all the profits go to threads and hope, all right? We're going to deck out that place. All right, number three, war as if triumphant. War as if triumphant. So while you're waiting, you feel like maybe, maybe you can't do anything. You are actually in a place where you are establishing the future as already being a success. How do we do that? Well, the Bible says God calls the things that are not as though they already are. So we, once again, we're God's kids. We can speak things into being and say, God, I thank you that I do have that. I, I declare that. I have that victory. And I love what God says to Joshua. Joshua chapter 10, verse 8. And the Lord said to Joshua, this is before Joshua was going up before the Amorites, okay? Nasty people. He says, do not fear them, for I have delivered them into your hand. So it's a preemptive tense. So it's before it's happened. He said, it's already happened. Not a man of them shall stand before you. I love that. It's like what athletes do. They go there before they go there. Those champion athletes, whether it's, you know, the, the skiing thing, um, I know runners, I can, do, I can do the running thing, it's a bit easier. I don't have to ski before. Um, stick to running, Michael, yeah. So the running thing, they actually picture themselves 
that on the band, they picture themselves that last 50 minutes and they picture themselves um, dipping, you know, they call it dipping on the, you know, hitting the line, busting the tape. They see themselves doing it and the time, you know, 19.84 seconds for the 200 metres. So go there before you go there. That faith and confidence that you build in the spirit realm while you're waiting for the actual thing to happen, that faith and confidence creates a posture in you that attracts success. I'll say that again. That posture, even though you think, but I, I, I'm not doing anything. Yes, you are. You are creating a posture of faith, declaring things, and that just makes the world around you, the external physical world around you, respond. It compels it to respond to this posture of faith and success. That's why you think, well, why is that person so successful? It's because there's something about them that's been built in the secret place that causes them to have that attraction to success. So war as if already triumphed. Number four, walking amidst a ten, intense trial. So that scripture, of course, that we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We walk through. So you might be walking through an incredible trial at the moment. Maybe you're online and um, you have, you've lost your job or your, your health's really suffering or there's a major concern for you. You're not alone. If you think about the most fiery furnace, I'm not talking metaphorically, I'm talking physically. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were thrown in to the fiery furnace for not bowing down to the king Nebuchadnezzar. I went, once again, that scripture's there in, in Daniel for you to look later, that story. But in the fourth person they saw, there's only three people they threw into that fiery furnace and they saw the fourth person shining as the son of man walking in that furnace. So just know that amidst your trial, Jesus is absolutely with you. Somehow we think if things are going bad, oh, God's... He's left me and maybe he'll rescue me from this thing and he'll help me out. Now God's in there with he's in there with you. He is with you. He is with you. The enemy would say he's not with you. You need to do a whole lot of things to get back into the good books and then maybe God will come through for you. No, he is with you. We do need to stand with him and walk with him. And sometimes that thorn in the flesh is we think it's beyond us. But you know what? God will show you in that waiting how to continue to walk and God will get you through. And the way he does that, and this is the last point, is through worship. Number five, worship and intimately twining. W-A-I-T. Waiting on God is a phrase that the wonderful psalmist and King David, there's quite a few mentions where he would say, I wait on the Lord. In Psalm 40 verse 1, it says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and he heard my cry. That word wait, korvor, uh, which is Hebrew, Hebrew word, it's a very, very uh, strong, has a strong, I guess, uh, connection with horticulture. So it's, it's almost like the descriptive word that is used to allow a vine to be wrapped around a supporting stake or, a, or almost like a, a vine going around a tree to twine, to wrap, to wait, to connect, to be inter- integrally connected. And by twisting ourselves around the presence of God through worship, in other words, coming into God's presence, it's almost like we don't know where God begins and we begin. It's just this beautiful connection. That happens in worship. When you're worshipping, when we're worshipping before, we're not just singing about God to the world or to God. We are literally being infused with the sense of heaven, the presence of heaven in our life. We don't know where God begins and where we begin. We are one with him. We wait upon the Lord. So I want to ask the hosts now to serve us. Thank you, hosts. They're going to serve this communion. We're going to take this communion together. And as we receive this communion, I'd like us to I want to sing this very simple little song. And I want you to think about waiting on God and trusting Him and knowing that He's going to come through for you.
So just take the uh, the bread and the cup, uh, just keep them, just hold them, and, t- and we'll eat and drink together once everyone's been served. That'd be great. Waiting here with you is all I want to do. Knowing that your love refreshes my soul. The dreams you've placed in me. I embrace my destiny I need to hear your voice And know that you're near Like the desert the thirst for rain So by hunger and thirst for you Come revive this heart like only you can do. Come and flow through me. Flow through me. Flow through me, oh Lord. Can we stand together? As we hold the cup in our hand and our bread in our hand, we say, Father, thank you for this promise of you being with us, never leaving us. We thank you, Lord, you've given us a promise. Lord, we're going to use the gap between where we are right now, maybe that promise coming to pass in the next couple of days or maybe even weeks or months. But Lord, we know that you are doing an excellent work on the inside of me, preparing me, causing me to be absolutely transformed, transformed so I can be who you've called me to be. And thank you, Lord, that your body was broken so we could do that. Let's receive and eat that bread together. Thank you, Jesus. As we take the cup together, we just know that Jesus has washed us from all the past, from the, from the grief and the, and the guilt of sin. Right now, we just thank you, Jesus. You washed that away because you paid that price for us. Let's drink together knowing that we are free to walk into our future, not looking back. Thank you, Jesus. Let's drink together. Like the desert, the thirst for rain. So I hunger and thirst. So by hunger and thirst for you, come revive this heart. Come revive this heart like only you can do. Come and flow. Come and flow through me. Flow through me, flow through me, oh Lord.
Thank you. You can pass those cups to the end of the row. Thanks, Leanne. So just to be close the service today, uh, you may be seated. Thank you, everybody. If you're here today and you say, uh, maybe you're online uh, or in the building, you say, you know what, I want, I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to walk in a way that I'm not putting my happiness into the future. I want to walk, no, I can be fulfilled and happy right now. While I'm waiting for stuff to happen, I feel like I'm already in a great place. I'm already a winner. Well, with Jesus, you absolutely are. And to say yes to Jesus, we've just provided a very simple way of doing that through text. So if you say, you know what, Pastor Michael, I'd just love to be able to respond and give my, you know, cast my cares upon Jesus, invite him to, to lead my life. In other words, I want to become a Christian. I want to become someone who follows Jesus. I want to walk with him. Or maybe you just want to know more about what that means to walk with him. Just say yes. Yeah, I'm up for that. I'm interested in that. Then simply text 0488 826 392 and just write the word yes on there. And then some of our team will just send you some information, some helpful tips and some scriptures and even a program that will help you grow in God. There's also an uh, email address yes.metrochurch.com .org.au We want to help you go on your journey and Jesus is there ready to, to bless you today. Amen.